0: Previously on the Division Three's Finest podcast.
1: Taysom Hill, I'm telling you guys right now, will be a great NFL quarterback if he steps in in New Orleans.
2: Next, Peyton Manning. Taysom Hill. What?
3: No. From what I understand, you've moved on to the uh, personal training game. Uh, so, like, <laughs> what are the best kind of steroids that I could get?
0: That's a good question, man. <laughs> uh... You took Sprite cranberry. You over. took you
3: took Mr. Pib
1: over Dr. Pepper.
0: I'd rather drink my own piss and <laughs> <grab them in. laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I don't fear the mellow ball at all and then
1: uh like those guys are just always call- they look like they're half asleep all the time.
3: I think what yeah. Shub is I try and ask is do you do you not have dragons?
1: <laughs> R- <gasps> Make oh, nice. sure you have so a whole
3: new out I'll go seven, I feel seven. I feel like really good. I know. <laughs> this is this is the most energetic I've seen you all day, honestly. So uh, what do you do now? For
0: a yeah, I, I work
3: uh, you professional now, a big uh, professional guy.
0: Episode seventy one of the Division Three Science Podcast. Coming up next. Now join us on the podcast, this is his first appearance on the show. He's a minor league pitcher for the Colorado Rockies. Joel Condry, first question, how's quarantine life going for you, and when can we get Arenado or Daniel Murphy on the podcast?
1: <laughs> quarantine life's going good. Um, we're, staying, we're staying kind of the, the original epicenter up here in the Northwest, um, so we're, we're just staying indoors, you know, uh, not, not talking to anybody, lockdown. Um, as for Arenado, um, I don't know if I if I see him in the hot tub or something. I'll
3: I'll run it by and see see if he can not clear out a, a spawn schedule. Sounds good. Yeah, we we appreciate that. You can definitely have have his people contact our people. We'll see if we can fit him in. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Thanks. We appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we can get um, more in, in, into a more serious question, kind of kind of the theme of our podcast here. Um, so our name, Division Three's Finest, comes from us being. You know. uh, former but yet very elite uh, emphasis on that uh, Division 3 athletes um, who chose to become podcasters um, but like most D3 athletes we mostly just played baseball for the love of the sport you know, trying to ride it out as long as we could um, so you're obviously not like most D3 athletes um, and you have a pretty cool story uh, that we saw and we'll get into but you being a full time shortstop with limited pitching experience you somehow get drafted as a pitcher um, so, just real quick, uh, give us a quick intro on yourself and your baseball background,
1: and what drives your passion for the game. So, my baseball background—I um, grew up playing. I was really never—I was never like the best kid on my team or anything like that. But I was, you know, your your average, you know, baseball player. I Did a little pitching, played a little infield, just did whatever. Um, I was 15, and I had just like a, a partial UCL tear. Um, it wasn't enough to get surgery on, but they were like, you know what? We'll probably be able to rehab this here in six months, and you don't have to miss any time. And I wasn't like I didn't really have any plans of playing professional baseball at that point, so it didn't really even matter. Um, so I, I got back. I played a little. I played a little infield. I quit pitching at that point. Um, ended up going to Whitworth University, which is like you guys said, a D3. Um, it's in Spokane, Washington, right next to Gonzaga. That's why I tell people who aren't familiar with the Northwest. Um, went there, yeah, like you said, played shortstop four years there. Um, I was really lucky because we had a number of really good ball players who, who came through while I was at Whitworth. And so basically for four years we had, we had scouts at the yard, um, namely uh, a kid named Hugh Smith who went in the fifth or sixth round in 2018, and he, I mean, he was 6'9", Shout and up. was up to, like, 98. So, it's pretty hard for scouts to, to miss that guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, there, were just, there yeah. was just a lot of exposure for me, so, um, there was a lot of exposure for me, and so that process kind of started for me, fall of my junior year. Um, initially, as a shortstop started getting some interest, and um, and then I picked up my senior year. In the fall of my senior year, um, <laughs> a couple of scouts were just like, you know, your best tool is your arm you want to hop on the mound and see if you're any good. And I hopped on the mound, and I threw as hard as I possibly could for him. And I wasn't very good, but I threw kind of hard um, enough to at least get a little bit of interest. And oh, so, see. yeah, so my team here was weird just because I really didn't pitch in games because I wasn't, I wasn't actually good at pitching. <laughs> so <laughs> no. I, I I had I had some teams who were interested in just the pitchers, some just the hitters. I said we won't tell the Rockies. Don't worry. <laughs> no, they they knew they were um, <laughs> they knew I wasn't good, but they were like, hey, it's an arm. Let's see, let's see if we can't uh, make something out of them. So in the end, uh, yeah, Rockies gave me a shot. <laughs> Senior signed uh, day three pick, and they they threw threw me on the mound, and now I've uh, just finished year two in their system. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much how I got here. Yes, yeah, so, you know, just going over
2: you know, your pitching statistics a little bit from, from your college career, you know, you already touched on it a little bit, no appearances from freshman through junior year. And then your senior year, you only had four appearances. And I hate to do this to you, but they weren't great ones either. You know, two and two-thirds <laughs> inning pitched uh, with a 13.5 LERA. Um, so I guess my question simply is – I didn't is, realize I did it,
1: well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was that well. That was higher. <laughs> so I guess, I guess my question is, you know, how did you learn how to pitch? Uh, asking from someone who never figured out how to pitch a day in his life, and you know, because it seems like you're doing pretty well in the minors so far. So, what was the process like finding out you might have a chance professionally as a pitcher? And then, you know, you had to figure it out so quickly. Like, walk us through that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, in in college, I was lucky because I was I was a terrible pitcher, but they didn't actually really throw me in that many important games. they <laughs> just uh, put me in when the game was out of hand and we could. There were some scouts in the building, <laughs> so that was that was pretty much the only reason I even pitched was just kind of a favor to me and my career essentially. As for getting better, I mean, year one in the minors was was not great. Um, I was lucky because the Rockies they gave me like like a month. My first month in pro ball, I didn't I didn't pitch, I didn't go in at all. Um, I was just kind of trying to figure out what I was doing. Um, yeah, year year one wasn't great. I think I walked more batters than I struck out. Um, initially and uh, there wasn't there wasn't any like major blow-ups there, but i just didn't i just really wasn't all that great um i think probably the turning point for me was instructs um which is like like basically like spring training in the fall for for minor league guys um i got to go there and uh we have some great great coaches in our organization got to work with them and they just kind of gave me some like basic things like <laughs> just like very like basic like pitching things like you know having rhythm and being an athlete and that sort of stuff um and it, it just kind of clicked at, at one point like all like honestly in the span of maybe like a week it went from like very like pitching being like very <laughs> difficult and not natural for me to being able to like actually command a fastball and having a little feel for a, a breaking ball and a changeup. um and then I went into uh, the offseason and just kind of built on that momentum and then put together a uh, a pretty well a year I was I was pretty pretty happy with last year. So yeah, it it, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't immediate. The the switch didn't flick until um, a little ways into the into the professional baseball journey. But um yeah, I'm I'm happy with, with where I'm at now.
0: And was that weird at all? Like going into Marley League games and you know, you don't really know how to pitch yet, or is it weird around your teammates to so, like, you know, what the f is this guy doing? Like <laughs> you know, he he hasn't even played a game yet.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah, to an extent. There's definitely like it's a lot more fun being on a team when you like can actually prove that you can contribute. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so year one was a little bit of that because I was I felt like a charity case. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're 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 chasing seven runs. Let's give Condry an inning. See if he can get anybody out. <laughs> okay. uh, one of one of those kind of deals. There's a lot more fun year two for me when I was like I did like a lot of like setup. Um, kind of, I was in that role, and then also um, kind of like the, the emergency guy, like faced um, low in the seventh inning, like I was, I became that guy. Um, so I was actually like, I was actually like earning my spot in the bus. So, so yeah, the, for sure, that that did um, that did play a role.
0: And you touched on this a little bit, but when did you kind of know, like, going pro as a pitcher became a possibility exactly? And in hindsight, do you have, like, any – I mean, it's hard to say in hindsight, but do you have any regrets about not pitching earlier in your career so you could have developed those skills sooner?
1: Um, So when did I know it was a possibility? Really, when I threw my first pen um, in the fall of my senior year, there was – I think there must have been, like, four or five teams there for that, and um, they all seemed pretty interested. And I got a call from a couple people almost immediately who hadn't been there but just, like, heard, like, hey, heard you threw a pen and heard it went – pretty well. Um, so, at that point, I was like, yeah, there's, there's a chance this is, this is going to happen. Um, as for the wishes that I had been going to it sooner, no, not really. Like, like if, if we had been, you know, not a good ball club, and I, I thought that um, me not pitching had really held us back as a, as a program, I would feel differently about it. But, honestly, we had, we had really good arms. Um. Basically, my my whole career, at Whitworth. Like, I don't think that I was the missing piece, and I do think I contributed as a position player. So, I don't I don't have any regrets about it. I, I think, yeah, uh, you know, I got the dog twice. I got to go to the <laughs> NCAA tournament twice. So, I, I don't have any regrets about that.
0: Yeah, it feels like things ended up pretty good for you. Like, you, you're getting a chance to pitch as professional, and you had a really good career as a shortstop. So, it looks like things turned out pretty well for you.
1: Yeah, I can't complain.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so. Obviously, we just Ben just kind of touched on it. Things turned out pretty well for you. So, uh, one thing that everybody who's ever, you know, played baseball maybe or seriously played baseball dreams about that draft day phone call. Um, so, do you mind just kind of going over that day, kind of your experience, anything that might have happened, um, and just what it was like getting that call?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like it was a, a nerve wracking process. Um, <laughs> So probably in like the week leading up to the draft, I'd heard from you know a maybe, maybe like seven or eight teams. So I was like, okay, of all the of all the teams I've contact or been in contact with throughout the process, these are probably the ones who are who are um, actually considering um, taking me. And again, I didn't know if it was going to be a pitcher. I didn't know if it was going to be uh, an infielder. There was actually one team I heard that's <laughs> interested in converting me into a catcher. So they were just like a lot of a lot of unknown um so as as day three wore on like i told myself i wouldn't get nervous until i hit the 30th round the like, 30th round is when i'm gonna like start to actually um start sweating a little bit and i had had a handful of teams that i've agreed to like a number with like you know they just sent texts like hey will you sign for x amount of money and <laughs> like it was obviously, yes, every time for me. Um,
0: right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> give, give, me, give me the plane ticket, and I'll, I'll sign for that. Um, so when the, when the phone call finally came, it was in the 31st round, so I, I had started sweating at that point. <laughs> and uh, it was it was definitely, like, a relief. Like, okay, this is this is going to happen. And it was, like, a, a very cool moment. Um, it was just me and my parents in our house. But, you know, like, for my parents, They've done a lot to to make this happen uh, over the years. So just kind of getting to share that with them was really really special. And seeing how happy they were for me and uh, how proud they were that was that was a really cool moment and something that, that I'll hang on to for a long time. At the same time, i you know growing up you think about getting drafted, and then when the process really started for me my junior year, you know you def- you think even more about you know what will that moment be like. And in my mind, I always thought it would be like you know, getting to the top of the mountain, you know what I mean? Like, I've really accomplished something. Uh, but when it happened, it, it was kind of the opposite. It, it was like, now I have a new mountain to climb. You know what I mean? It, it right. wasn't that moment mm-hmm. of, like, um, you know, like, great, great accomplishment. It was like, all right, now I got to, <laughs> now, now I'm just start Back to square one. So it, yeah. It, it, yeah, yeah, exactly, back to square one. So it was kind of very sweet, but it was, it was a really neat moment with, with my mom and dad. Yeah, so
2: I have a quick question, real quick. Did you uh, did you think the Rockies were gonna draft you the whole time, or did you think like another team was gonna draft you? Or just kind of like walk me through like when when the Rockies came up in that thirty first round, were you like, I have a shot here to go here? Or, like, what were the teams that you thought you had a shot to go to?
1: Yeah, um, I the Rockies were definitely on the short list. I had actually done a pre draft workout with them, um, so I'd, I'd gone down to their training complex in. Scottsdale, like, it was probably like a week before that and just worked out for them. Um, so I, I knew I was on their list, and there was, like I said, there was probably like seven or eight teams I thought was a possibility, and then three or four that, that I had agreed to, I'd actually agreed to a bonus number with, and the Rockies was one of them. So I definitely thought they were a possibility. Actually, the scout who dropped me, uh, his name's Matt Pigotero, who's just like an awesome guy. Um,
0: Shut up. Uh, he
1: he called me just before the pick and said, "You ready? You ready for this to happen?" <laughs> uh, yes, I'm awesome. very ready. So I actually found out yeah. just before the pick. The pick came in. Yeah, yeah. That's but awesome. um, so yeah, I did think there was there was a shot of that happening for sure.
2: Okay, so you know, just moving on a little bit, you touched on it uh, at the top, but you had Tommy John surgery recently, um, and this coronavirus thing, you know, hasn't really. Uh, and hopefully this coronavirus thing hasn't been hindering you as much as others. Uh, but how's rehab going? Is it more difficult with everything that's going on? And, you know, what's your process like going forward?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, like I said, I had a partial tear when I was 15. And for the last eight years, it's kind of, like, held on. <laughs> and uh, in January, it finally it finally went on me, uh, finally yeah. blew it out. They <laughs> They told me that it looked like it had been... Barely hanging on for a while, um, so <laughs> that grit. Um, yeah, lots of grit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, what it looks like now is it's just kind of the day in, day out of the of the rehab. As for the the virus, I I think it's be you honest, know, it's kind of nice because I'm not like sitting at home every day, just like banging my head against the wall, wishing I was you know out playing somewhere. Uh, I kind of get to just like pay attention to me and not worry about. Baseball going on around me, essentially, um, and so, so from a psychological standpoint, it's probably been better. Although, I mean, obviously, I'm not happy about a worldwide pandemic, right? But um, right. That, that, the, the the one the one thing that I can got to find understand. the silver linings. Exactly, exactly. So from that standpoint's good, but I, I'm I'm probably more optimistic right now than I've I've ever been at any point in my career, honestly. Um, so I'm hoping I'll be back for for spring training 2021. But yeah, I'm I'm I'm
0: doing all right with it. For sure. And we know you're just getting started in the minors, so hopefully you're back at it as soon as possible. But uh, regarding your last two seasons professionally, has there ever been like a, a welcome to the league like moment, maybe in spring training or facing a top level MLB player rehabbing, where you're like, you know, this is this is a whole different level?
1: man so in regards to like like just like welcome professional baseball kind of thing um i remember it was probably like first week that i was in actually i'm sorry not first week it was the first day that i was in boise um so it was actually the day that like all the new guys came in and like signed their contracts and all that um the team was working out um all the guys who you know, weren't just now signing. They the team was working out, and they were doing live ABs. And there was a dude on the mound um, who is, I mean, his name is Riley Pint. He was the like maybe third or fourth overall pick a couple years ago, and he was like sitting in a live AB. He was like sitting like ninety-eight to hundred, and it was like, oh my gosh, I have never seen anything like that. Just like, just like mowing through these hitters. It's like, man, if I'm I, I got to compete with that guy for, for a job down the road like that. Yeah, that's going to be tough. tough. You know what I mean? And that was probably my, my first, like, well, professional baseball kind of moment. Yeah. Um, when, when you hit spring training, I mean, so the Rockies the Rockies spring training complex is actually really cool because most places have separate minor league, major league facilities. Right. And for us, um, the fields are different, but it's the same building. It's the same, you know, cafeteria, weight room. Um, when you go in like the hot tub, cold tub, um, that's all the same facility. So you're you're actually around big leaguers quite a bit. Uh, I I don't think there was like a, like a, a you know starstruck moment or anything like that. But it was definitely like cool like seeing all these guys that you you know you watch on TV and being like you know one table over from them in the cafeteria and whatnot. Like that's pretty that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I can't even imagine. I go oh
3: there he is straight over there. Um, so last couple of questions. Uh, fortunately, at the Division Three level, we don't get all the bells and whistles, um, like D1 and professional guys. Um, so do you have any funny uh, or crazy baseball stories from those college days, um, maybe something that happened during your career that you couldn't ever imagine
1: happening at the D1 or pro level? Yeah, definitely the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, Januarys in Spokane are, are pretty snowy um and so we're we're actually lucky because we have a turf field at whitworth but uh, for my first three years we were also responsible for clearing off the turf field and so that meant like going out maybe like once a week spend like three or four hours probably um shoveling snow off the turf we would have like you know guys pulling their trucks in to fill up the the truck bed with snow and then like getting stuck in the outfield so (laughs) the whole team trying to push guys trucks out of the out of the Using them like pick, pickaxes, trying to like break up the ice uh, on the on the field. It's just like, well, okay, I, I don't think I yeah. don't think they're doing this in, at uh, you know Oregon State or, or yeah. wherever. Um, and my actually my junior and senior year, we had a really late winter um, in Spokane, and so we had to we had to move home games to like opposing opposing <laughs> uh, venues. Which is yeah. just like pretty, pretty depressing. Like having to hop on a bus and like play a home game somewhere else because there's like three feet of snow on your on your outfield. Um, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> and I, I actually, so my junior year, it was it was a really bad winter, and so we have a pretty nice indoor area where we can like practice and all that. But all of the spring sports had to like split the indoor area, and so we got stuck with like it was like maybe like six a.m. Spring. Slot and then the night slot, like the, the last, we're the first slot of the day, and the last slot of the day, and I remember like leaving, leaving our facility at like 1030 at night one night, and looking at my clock, and realizing I was going to be back in like seven hours, like, <laughs> oh geez, That's <laughs> like, this, is, this is a grind, man, <laughs> I'm not about this.
3: Yeah, I hear you, uh, there's story about ice, I remember a time we had, we had like a game or something. We had already had to take a long time to tarp the field the night before because we knew it was going to rain. But we had to get up early. I think it was because I had an 8 a.m. So I think I had to be down there at 7 to help untarp the field. And there was like a like a clean sheet of ice over top of it. And it was like one of those that you couldn't really see like right away. So like we started to try to like take this tarp off the field and we're just running into this like just ice covering we had to like break apart
1: and deal with. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you gotta you gotta show up to class all, all bright Yeah, oh
3: actually, exactly. Like <laughs> well, well, right from the field front and just like my muddy boots and sweatpants and all that stuff, just right up to bio or something like that. Like oh, hey, oh, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> no
1: breakfast, no breakfast, nothing. Oh.
2: Yeah, so you know the last question we have before rapid fire, we've had a lot of baseball guys on the podcast lately, and you know we all know about this Houston Astros cheating scandal. Um, and you, as a two-way player or a former two-way player, you know you probably see both perspectives better than some of the other guests we've had on the show. Uh, so, what were your what were your thoughts of seeing the the news come out of the Astros cheating, and and what's your like thoughts of uh, all the hate the Astros have been getting? Do you agree with it, or are you against all the hate they've been getting? Oof!
1: I mean, that that questions above my pay grade. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess, like, the, the simple answer is, I mean, they, they cheated and they got caught, you know? like yeah. it, It's kind of that simple in my mind. And, like, obviously in the time since we we know that other teams have been cheating, probably not quite to the same degree that the Astros were. And, I mean, you know, there, there's always been cheating in baseball. I mean, we had the steroids in the 90s and 2000s. We had the amphetamines, like, all these guys popping greenies for the 30 years prior to that. Like, there's mm-hmm. you know, there's always there's always something going on. Um, I think kind of the wild thing about the whole scandal is that like we can go back and see it, like like we can watch a game and hear the trash can getting <laughs> banged. Well, yeah, that's, that's I crazy. agree. Like there's there's never been there's never been another scandal like that. Like we can't go back and like that's watch true. A guy doing steroids, you know. But we can listen to the uh, we can listen to the trash can. Um, actually, even there was like the there was the the guy who whistled blew on the team in the 80s. I don't remember who it was. They were doing. You said they were doing the exact same thing. They had a, a, a camera mounted in their uh, stadium controlled from the manager's office. It's like, but we can never actually go back and know that for sure. Right. But we know this one. Um, so, like, that that part of it is, is definitely crazy. So, and just kind of like, you know, I'm like, I, I love baseball. I'm curious about baseball. I like learning about baseball. The part of it that's kind of wild and, like, really piques my curiosity is that um, it, it it's kind of unclear about whether or not they were actually, like, better um, with, with the signs. Because I was listening to, uh, I was listening to like, a stats podcast lately because I'm, I'm a baseball nerd. And they pointed out that, like, Shut in up. the final four, four and a half days, <laughs> shout out baseball nerds. Uh, in the final like four and a half months of the season or whatever, whenever whatever was going on like they their, their stats were better on the road where I mean presumably they, they didn't have the signs but I guess we don't know that for sure um, like their were they were chasing through pitches on the road They um, their contact rates were higher and their heart hit rates were higher on the road when they presumably didn't have the uh, didn't have the signs. so like uh, a cheating standpoint, like, if I try to rob a bank and don't make any money, like, <laughs> I still rob the bank, like, it doesn't matter whether or not you actually right. they, they cheated, but just from, like, a baseball curiosity standpoint, like, I want to know about that, like, is there a reason, like, is that is that a big enough sample size to actually draw conclusions, like, are there certain pitches that the cheating worked better for, different types of pitchers, different types of hitters, like, like who benefits? who didn't, like, I, that's the kind of stuff that I want to know. There's just like a million, there's a million questions in my mind uh, about, about like cheating and, and science dealing now. Cause obviously as I mean, a hitter and then also as a pitcher, If you ask me like, do do you think that it would make a difference knowing this, knowing what pitch is coming? I would go, Oh yeah, no doubt. Their batting average must've been like 150 points higher, you know? So it was like, intuitive, what we saw and like, so yeah, I want to know why that's, that's kind of the big thing for me. Um, and then you ask like do they deserve the hate Oof. you know so the guys i really feel bad for are the fringe guys so definitely like the fringe major league pitchers that had to to face this team that was cheating like that sucks like if that ended your career and just you know, like knowing how much these guys like put into to making it like that that really sucks you know that's hard to, that's hard to swallow but i also feel bad for like the fringe the fringe astros guys just because, like, you know, if you're if you're 21, you're making your big league debut, and you got Carlos Beltran, he walks up to you and goes, "Hey, kid, like, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, I'm going to be you the science so just stay with me and we'll be good." It's like, am I saying no to that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sucks. Yeah, like, I, I don't even know. Like, is this normal the big league? Like, I got no clue. I've been here for 10 minutes. Right. Uh, okay. So I feel bad. I feel bad for those guys who now have their their reputation, you know, kind of tainted by that. I especially feel bad, like watching spring training this year. Like these poor, you know, these poor guys get called up from minor league camp to to play in the big league spring training games. And they're getting like food and like stuff yelled at them and all that. It's like, dude, this kid was this kid was a junior in high school in 2017. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, like this this guy's getting getting drilled and everybody's all excited on Twitter. and It's like. Yeah, this guy's just trying to trying to make the high A club and not get not get canned in spring training. Like, give him a break, huh? Like, we we don't need to be we don't need to be riding this dude, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I hope the guys that are getting hit are you know like Altuve and Bregman, not you know a guy that just got drafted by the Astros. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like like the those are the guys that need to be held accountable. Sorry, I know that was that was a long long-winded answer.
0: <laughs> no, that's good. That's well, yeah, perfect. That good,
3: and we, that's what we were hoping for, actually. Oh,
0: okay, sweet. <laughs> and we have a we have an yeah, Astros uh we have an Astros defender that we have on the podcast a lot, so I think he'll he'll be happy with your answer that you're, you know, kind of giving both sides of it a little bit. Yes. Yeah,
1: well I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to be known as the Astros defender, but I mean it's played that they, cheated,
0: right, they got sides. get caught and yeah.
1: whether right. or not it's a fair penalty, man, I I, I don't know. <laughs> again, that's, that's I, I can't play Commissioner here. Yeah, yeah. That's good I did like the point
3: you brought up about like being able to actually like it's one of those things. It's like it's so obvious, but until you like said it out loud, I guess I didn't process it. That this is really the first time where we've been able to go back and be like, oh, that's where they did it, or like, you can hear it happening. Like it's not all just like uh, these behind closed doors like reports that you hear like like these like you know almost like made up things like these stories you're hearing. Like oh no, you can actually go hear it. That's the first time I've kind of heard that take. So uh, that was a good answer for sure. Um, so I think that's it. We got um, rapid fire questions coming up. So on these, uh, Joel, really, I mean, I, we're just looking for, like, a quick, like, couple answers. Um, if something comes up that you want to, like, expand on, you have a good story, like, obviously feel free. Um, but we're just going to try and run through these real quick. All right, sweet. All righty. Um, so first one, uh, when, were you mer- <laughs> when were you most nervous during a baseball game? Um, that would easily be my, my
1: first professional outing. Um, so, like I said, I hadn't, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's nerve-wracking anyways, but, like, I, I hadn't pitched for the first month in Pro Bowl. I was just, like, trying to get my feet under me, basically. Um, and so my, you know, my first month was just watching everybody else, you know, getting over with, get their first outing over with, and I was just sitting around waiting. And so when I finally got to go, it was actually, I think it was July 4th, which in my early baseball means fireworks night, we got yeah. packed house, and the packed house isn't going to leave in, you know, the seventh inning. Like, they're wasting yeah. fireworks, so it's, right. it's, it's a big crowd. Um, and so, yeah, I, that, was, that was my first downing. I think we were up, like, ten runs, and I went in the throw the ninth. And, you know, I, I like playing in front of big crowds, so I don't think that was necessarily the issue. But it was just, like, definitely a feeling of not being prepared. It's, just, it's like walking into – when you walk into a test, in college or whatever, you're like yeah. Oh, I, I studied this material, I know what I'm doing. It's like no sweat. Like I am ready for this. I did not feel ready. Like I felt yeah. like I had missed the last two weeks of class and had no idea what chapter we were on in the textbook <laughs> and I was walking in the document like, I have not prepared for this. Um, so that would that would definitely be the most emphasized fan. And it did not go well. I think it started with a broke back hit and then just went downhill from back.
0: Uh, hate to hear that. Uh, just a quick follow-up on that. Sorry. Like, Go ahead, Ben. Just a quick question on that. Like, was it ever weird, like, with like teammates that, like, you know, you haven't pitched in a month, where they ever, like, you know, you know, what's up? Aren't you pitching? And do you ever have to explain to them, like, yeah, I didn't even pitch in college. Like, I'm just trying this out.
1: Oh, so yeah, I, I definitely heard it as the as the resident former um, position player. Because like every pitcher. Wants to be, you know, deep down they want to be uh, a position player, right? They like they want to be a hitter. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I definitely, I was definitely like that guy. It's like, I mean, even to this day, it's like, like, oh yeah, you, you know, you know how to hit, right? Like, oh, you're a shortstop. Like, if I ever do anything moderately unathletic, if I if I mess up a PFC, like I'm gonna, I'm going get counted yeah. <laughs> for the rest of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that 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 that's how it goes. I love it. Yeah, that's funny uh
3: so next question uh do you have any crazy baseball superstitions and if not what's
1: the weirdest one uh you've seen from a teammate crazy superstitions um i don't think i have any crazy superstitions like if something's working i'll, I'll probably stick with it like <laughs> I, I mean this, this is my is crazy like it, it, if i have like you know that, that like throw well i'll probably i'll probably wear it again like there's no reason to change something uh for no reason Actually, you know what? This is this is actually this probably is crazy. Um, I I do wear a cup, like pretty much just for superstitious reasons, like. That's well, weird. Is, yeah, like don't have to worry about like losing losing the ball. It's probably weird, but um, but no, like I, I I don't really like wear it for protective reasons. I'm just like I always wore it as a fielder and as a hitter. I feel like I'm gonna pitch better if I've got this thing on after, after all these pitch years. Pitch with the so cup. So there, there's man. like a superstition. Yeah, wow.
3: yeah I'm, I'm probably, like, the, the only pitcher in professional baseball where yeah. I have. I, I can almost guarantee that, actually. <laughs> I think I'm going to be able to Oh, yeah. I'm impressed more than anything because, wow. like, I, I pitch a little myself and I'm trying to, like – like, I'm going through the motion and then just trying to imagine that there, and I can't do it. <laughs> like, I'm done. My career is over, so I'm glad that you can do it, I guess. I'm glad it works for you.
1: Yeah, no, it, it doesn't really bother me. And, uh, yeah, hey, if it's not broke, it's don't fix it. Yeah, That's great. why you're
3: there and I'm here, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that is the reason. This,
1: that is the only reason the, that I'm not, I'm not running this podcast.
3: It's what separates good good from great. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, next question. Uh, is being a former D3 player something that you embrace or do you ever get annoyed with hearing you know, the
1: D3 stereotypes all the time? Uh, no, I don't I mean thankfully I haven't had to deal with like that much of like a D three stereotype. And the cool I mean professional baseball, you got kids from everywhere. You got you got D three guys, you got D two guys, NAIAs, JUCOs, like you, you get a little bit of everything. Um and so I, I haven't had to deal with that too much. And, and no, I don't um I don't regret it. Like I I had a great college experience. Um, so there's there's really nothing for me to You know, to to look back on with anything other than you know thankfulness for the experience I had.
3: All right. Uh, Second to last, what's your ultimate goal in baseball?
1: Um. So the obvious answer is I want to be a big leaguer. (laughs) But I mean, for for me, I kind of reached the point where my goal. Sorry, go ahead. What's that? No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. I've reached the point where my goal is really just to find out how good I can actually be, um, and if that's good enough to be a big leaguer, then that's awesome. And if it's not, then I'll hang it up. Um, really, like with, with no regret, like right. with no excuse I could ever give myself. Because, like, the last thing I yeah. want to be is like that that guy you meet who's forty years old and like, oh, could have made it but I got hurt. You know, yeah. right. that's that's not gonna be gonna be me. Like, if I don't make it, I and uh, that. You know, but, yeah, like, if someone asks me, it'll be like, yeah, I wasn't good enough. Like, I gave it oh, yeah. my best go. I wasn't good enough. So my goal sure. in baseball is just to, to find out how good I can actually be. And I mean, I, I love that process. Like, I, I honestly probably love training more than I like playing, although I do like playing. But I, I, love, I love the process. So um, that, yeah. that's kind of what I'm shooting for. And hopefully that, that lands me in the big leagues. Yeah, that's, yeah,
3: that's awesome. Um, I guess kind of a small follow up, um, and this is kind of what I was going to get at. But I, so since you're at, like pitcher now, like we've been talking about, um, is there like a, like a dream? Like if there was any one player you could go up against, um, like is there anybody like you would want to pitch against? I mean, probably not. I guess you wouldn't want to pitch against them. But like your dream matchup, I guess. <laughs>
1: um, I mean the best hitter in baseball, in my opinion, is Mike Trout. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, there's lots of. <laughs> The, there was the the Ottavino incident a couple of years ago when he he like claimed that he could strike out Babe Ruth ten times out of ten, uh, which I mean I, I think like yes clearly so maybe that's my answer like I would love to go back and punch out Babe Ruth because he okay. was playing in, in an era where the pitchers were mechanics and, and farmers and he, he never saw anything like modern baseball so there's there's my answer.
3: Right. Gotcha. That's, that's a good one. Good. Sh- go yeah. back and sh- check out... Uh, you're picking out old people. I like that. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, I, I almost skipped over this one. So, what's the longest bus ride you've had to go on during your college career? And then follow up, what's your go-to gas station snack?
1: A um, college longest bus ride was uh, eight or nine it's hours. Oh, it's lucky. And college is in, like, the six to, yeah, you know, like the eight hour range. I mean, the thing is that, like, if you don't play somebody in the Northwest, then you you have just like have to go to California or Texas, and like you can't both to California. Yeah. Um, in, in professional baseball, my longest bus ride has been Vancouver, B.C. to Boise. Um, maybe fourteen. Okay. Uh,
0: that's
1: that's the longest ride. and we got stuck actually on that. One. We got stuck, on that, one. So that was an even longer bus ride. Yeah, but uh, those are those are my longest bus rides. My go-to snack, oof. Um, I so I'm, like, not a gigantic dude. I'm, like, right now I'm, like, 6'3", maybe, like, 205. So I'm on the slender side, and I just, like, eat my calories um, or I will drop weight so fast once I get in season. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll just get, like, a couple, like, Snickers bars. Somehow in my mind, somehow in my mind, that's healthier than eating a bag of chips. Like, I don't think there's any like scientific. There's peanut um, butter in there, and some studies say yeah, yeah, chocolate. Good yeah, there's that's Like uh, what more, uh, you could, know, you, yeah, what more no. could you want? <laughs> yeah.
3: Now here we had we had another guy say cliff uh, cliff bars. So I'm at least glad you're picking a normal uh, <laughs> a, a normal uh, gas station snack. Uh, oh like, Cool that's such a watch I mean hey teach there I'm, I'm not a hater I've never been a hater but I, it wouldn't be a mock um oh. alright so we got the last one here Mary <laughs> Mary kill ben will bleep that out um texas roadhouse olive garden and outback steakhouse
2: that's a good that's I, I don't really, dis- I, I
1: really don't dislike any of those um but I uh can I hear can
3: I hear one more time? What was the last one? Yeah. Uh, last one was Outback Steakhouse. The other
1: two were Texas Roadhouse and Olive Garden. That's a pretty good one. Like, I'm going to kill Olive Garden. I, like, I like Italian food, but it's kind of overrated. Like, there's really nothing different between an Olive Garden and every other Italian restaurant ever. Oh. So, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be Olive Garden. Yeah, I think it's got to be Olive Garden. Road, uh, Texas
0: Roadhouse and then, uh, then
1: Outback. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Final
0: answer. All right. Hey,
3: I'll take it. Um, uh, you guys have any other questions to, to, before we get into Fantasy BS?
0: No, I, I think we're ready for the draft. Let's do no, it. No, I'm
3: ready. ready. you're, you're stretching over there. All right, so like I said, I think we're ready to get into fantasy BS. Um, for all you first-time listeners out there, um, our last segment of the podcast we like to do a fantasy draft of a random topic with our guests. Uh, today's fantasy BS topic is breakfast restaurants. Uh, we'll be doing three picks each. Uh, as our guest, Joel Condry. I think I said that right. We'll have the first pick. I will go second. My friend and uh, recurring guest, Coach Jacob the Ball Schubert. Um, has a third pick, and last but not least, my friend and my co-host, former teammate Ben Gavlik, will go last. Uh, Snake Draft, so uh, Joel, you'll have two at the end, uh, and Ben, you have two back-to-back on your first one. Uh, so Joel, why don't you go ahead and start us off with Breakfast Restaurants. All right, Snake Draft, that's important.
1: That uh, is. I, it is. People forget. I think I'm going to start with... Uh... I gotta start with IHOP. If we pull into if we pull into a hotel and I see an IHOP, um, I'm gonna take that. That's that's a pretty good day. They actually, <laughs> this past summer they had a special. They were trying to push their pancakes and chicken instead <laughs> of chicken and waffles. is chicken and pancakes? So the chicken and pancakes I think it's like six or seven bucks, rather than that's the waffles, bad. which were twelve dollars. It's like you just cannot get more bang for your buck. So no, I'm going go, I'm gonna go Big deals guy. I respect that.
0: Huge deals guy. That's grinder life right there. It's Gotta that's be. <laughs> that's, yeah, I like that. That D3 life. There you go. I gr- only get $8 grind. for you. Alright, Gil,
3: you got the same um, pick here. Yeah, my first pick, Um, I have to go with Bob Evans, uh, especially, that. Uh, yeah, I know, especially coming from Ohio, first first one in in Rio Grande, Uh, so, I have to give a shout out to the, the hometown chain, Bob Evans. Alright, well,
2: Thanks to Gil, he took my pick. Uh, I'm gonna go with Cracker Barrel. Uh,
3: that's so that's pretty good.
2: You're there. like
0: buy off brands. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's a good pick. All right. Oh. Shoot, <laughs> you got anything else on that, or that's it? No, I just I just like
2: Cracker Barrel. I had an in-depth pick ready to choose Bob Evans and Gil to snatch it away from me. So <laughs> Cracker Barrel that it is, Uh, I'd rather get Bob Evans though.
0: So. All right, that's sick, bro. We
1: we actually don't have either of those in the Northwest.
0: Oh no! Oh, Hate to
1: hear that.
3: That's
1: rough. Yeah, Shoot, well, I have
2: you a, might win
3: if, if girl, you retweet. This, you might win. You say you said yeah. cracker barrel. You're good with. Yeah, I've
1: had that for like lunch and dinner. I'm a huge fan. I've <laughs> had breakfast there. Mhm.
3: Okay, it's it's not bad. It's not as good as Bob Evans, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Not as good.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: So I got back to back picks here. I'm gonna go with first watch with my first pick. I'm ecstatic that it fell to me. And then, second pick, I'm going with uh, Perkins.
3: Wait, what were
2: those? First, say that again? First watch. First wash is like an expensive place, isn't it? It oh, is. that's ex- a good
3: pick, though.
2: Is it expensive, yeah, but it was, it's very good? I had good. that. I yeah. had that. And then, I've never had it. And I'm going, I've heard
0: it's good, though. I'm going Perkins with my You're second ever. pick.
3: Ben! Oh, I was going to take. I, I had Perkins as well. I always forget about Perkins. Tremendous call, baby. Thing. Can't beat it. It is pretty good. All right, so back to shoot. Alright, uh, I'm gonna go with Waffle House. I mean... Oh, my
2: God! <laughs> uh, I've been coaching slash living in the South for the last, you know, couple months. Uh, Waffle House is a, is a great place. Um,
3: sh**. We'll that was that mine, dude. I thought I had that. Mm, okay. okay. Waffle House is 24 hours, right? Yes, it is. 24-7 like a Waffle House.
1: Yeah, give me the best time to go to Waffle House. And by best, I mean the absolute least ideal. Oh, the best time? Or, I'm confused by that. The the worst. I want to know the worst uh, time to go to Waffle the House. The, uh, worst the worst. The worst time to go to Waffle
2: House? up here either.
3: Like, oh my fu- gosh. Like finding your you like the worst time to find yourself at a Waffle House. Like dang, like I shouldn't be here right now. I feel like yeah. they make the best food late at night. Probably around lunchtime. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. earlier in the day. Lunchtime. Yeah, okay. you I, probably shouldn't be in a Waffle My house. first answer was actually breakfast time. Like, I don't really think you are there in actual daytime. Yeah, <laughs> any, any time after like ten p.m. Probably a good time to be at Waffle House. Any time before right. that, I probably. Two,
2: really. Yeah.
3: Um, all right. So it's me. That sucks. Um, it sucks you took that. Ben, what was your first pick? First watch. first watch. Okay. And, all right. So I'm going to take um, – this wouldn't have been my first second pick, but I'll take Denny's with my second pick. It, I mean, it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Denny's is bad, but I just would have much rather had Waffle on my board. All right. Uh, Joel, you got two back-to-back, and then we'll swing it back around to wrap it up. So I was I was going
1: to take Denny's. Because here's the thing. I, I don't think Denny's is, like, that great. But there is one next to every hotel ever. Like, uh, like oh, yeah. it's, true, yeah. it's a good business. If we went to Antarctica and put up a hotel there. There would be a Denny's within a week, right next to us. Uh, you, you gotta, to you, gotta a you gotta give them points. You
3: gotta points for their strategy. It's almost like government yeah, mandated.
1: Phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal effort. The other thing about Denny's, I think people forget this, is that they have a bar. Like most Denny's out here have bars. I've actually, right. I don't know That's if true.
3: I've ever seen that, but I need to
1: find one. I've never seen that, okay. no. Okay, maybe that's, just, maybe that's just the Northwest thing. I don't know, but but your Denny's have bars out here, which is, look, like, of all yeah. your breakfast spots, it's probably the only place you're going to get a course. What? Exactly. That's okay, that's
3: I was... A good time. I, yeah, I, Ben, I want the graphic to show that I'm picking specifically the Denny's with the bar.
0: The Denny's from the Northwest. Yep. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Bar. Okay, it
3: needs to... <laughs> be
1: noted that there's a bar in there all right. after like all it's this not maybe the best place to find yourself at one in the morning but i mean that's that's not the that way it is sometimes yeah you
3: gotta find yeah, yourself yeah. somewhere it could be worse than, than that
1: yeah <laughs> okay so my last two i'm gonna go with cinnabon i'm, I'm oh. a big cinnamon roll guy
0: that was, a, that was a great that's
1: pick. That's a good one. That's a
0: great pick. Yeah, I got to spend the ball. I forgot about um, it, honestly. That's yeah, that's an awesome
1: pick. And I think my last pick is going to be Chick-fil-A. I mean, oh, there's just really never a bad time for
3: Chick-fil-A. No, I hear you. I've actually, so I personally have never had the breakfast, but I've heard nothing but good things. So I might have to give it a good, I might have to give it a test run. It couldn't, that's why it couldn't be on my list. Couldn't do it to him. I'm not a liar.
1: You know, honestly, just going in and, and getting a good morning from the people who work, who work there is, I mean, that's practice enough. <laughs> that's,
3: yeah, it's that's worth it. Just turn, yeah. You can just say good morning and turn right back around. Just get back in your car and yeah, just Yeah, you're say ready your for your day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so last, uh, I'm going to go, this was tough because it came down to like two direct wrap up for me. I'm going to go with um, Tim Hortons for my third pick. Okay. There's one right by my work too, so I might be a little more biased. Like it's the, it's literally like I have to pass it to get it to my office. So you're feeling a little breakfast? Maybe it's a Friday, you know, trying to treat yourself. It's an easy stop, so it's a favorite of mine. Okay. Well, I I see
2: your Tim Hortons, and you know I raised that a million times better. I'm gonna take Dunkin' Donuts. Ugh.
3: Dunkin I've never donuts. had breakfast with though. I've had, like, donuts, but I'm you talking, know, like, two of your picks have been, like, the like the second-rate version of my pick, so. that's Sorry, all. breakfast
2: food. breakfast restaurants are all the same thing,
3: in reality. That, but you're specifically the like, Cracker Barrel and Dunkin', like... We just have like, a good taste, that's all it is. I'm just
0: a little better. <laughs> Alright, Ben, you're up. Alright, this is tough. I'm between two... I'm gonna go with Wendy's because they've really stepped up their game, adding breakfast. Dude, that's uh, all right. takes it. I late. think
3: it's crazy. Yeah, i crazy. You took it over McDonald's. Yeah. I was gonna. Mine came down between McDonald's and Tim Hortons. There.
0: Right. I was also thinking about Krispy Kreme, just raising you with all the donuts.
3: That would that would be that would be a good one. Great honorable mention.
0: Yeah. yeah true. I don't really have too many honorable mentions, honestly. This is a this is a tough draft. I, I uh,
3: can't believe it, but yeah, I can't believe McDonald's is on there. Um definitely an honorable mention. Um, there's a place I know it's not as common, um, just because I don't I only had it for the first time. Um, but in my research I did see it pop up on like a couple lists. Um it's called the original pancake house. I don't know if you guys have ever had
0: sounds that. good. I've um, not but
3: like I said, one just opened up around here. It's pretty fire. Um but no, we kind of hit on all the ones that I would. Waffle House was, honestly, Waffle House my favorite. There's
2: one down south that's called, uh, I've only seen it down south, it's called Huddle House. It's like the pan pancake House. version. It's like the yeah, pancake that's version that's of uh, Waffle House. I've never had it, but there's one across the street from Waffle House down in South Carolina where I live. So That's true.
1: Hurts fire. Joe, you got any? Uh, anything we left off? Um, I the only, the only thing I'd say is I got to give a shout out to the Old European, which is a uh, a place in Spokane right next to uh, Whitworth campus, and it okay. is it is unbelievable. They got shout these out. like um yeah like these sausage and potato pancakes that are just stupid good. Do they have
3: a, do they have a, do they have social media at all? We can give them a, we can give them some love
1: on the old tweeter. I mean I, I hope that they have. Social media, it's called European, so I, I don't know. Okay. Like, they're oh, out there. Oh, okay. they it's like one. a bigger chain. No, there's
3: only two of them. That's it. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
3: We'll find them. We'll we'll get our we'll get our research department on our social media department on them.
1: Sure. You can get them on the pod. That's you right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Sounds like we gotta take a trip up northwest to check out these Denny's yeah. with the bars, and then this place, European. Huge shout out. I
1: can't go wrong.
3: All uh, right. I don't have any other honorable mentions Sue but I, don't think, I doubt you do. Um, you're just jacking my picks. So <laughs> I figure you don't have any original ones. Um, but all right. I mean, Joel, thank you again for your time, man. Uh, it was awesome having you on. I think this was a good, uh, good show, awesome story. Uh, thanks for taking the time to kind of tell us about it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. First first podcast ever, you said. How, what are your thoughts now that it's like wrapping right. up? Did we, were we okay? Oh, no, no, you
1: guys, you guys were great. I was, I was worried that I talked a little too much, you know, t- I know, tried to do too much my first time, and so, uh, if that's the case, I apologize, but no, I appreciate, appreciate you being gentle. Oh, you did a phenomenal job. I think it went off
0: swimmingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's K Weezy, and we back. The Rise to the Throne. MVP. Yeah,
3: Ben Franklin's, Ben Franklin's. I got so much money, it's like I own a money tree. All these people, phonies, just wanna be like me. Your baddest girl be all on my D. The stuff you pay for, from me, it's free. Because I got Ben Franklin's, I got Ben Franklin's. No need for hatin', I'm not a doctor, I ain't got patients. All I got is papers and a lot of haters.
0: Shout out to my home dog, they
3: all got prayers.